You're listening to episode 37 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice, and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on Money Owners Coaching, the podcast, the homework, and everything I have to offer, visit moneyowners.com. What is happening, my fellow money owners? Well, chances are you're inside, <laughs> and you haven't seen people in a while, um, and, except for your immediate family, or you're outside, and you haven't seen people for a while. <laughs> And you're socially distancing with your mask on and everything else. Um, I know it's been a while and um, I'm hearing things and I'm reading things and I am concerned um, in general about the, just the state of the world as I think everybody else is. Um, and that's why I, it's funny, I was, um, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today and at first it was kind of going to be like this random hodgepodge of crap that was in my brain that I was just going to spew into this podcast. And then I thought to myself, I don't really actually think anyone wants to listen to that. So I decided to get a little bit more um, <laughs> focused on my topic today. And um, the topic for today is helping family members in need um, when they, financially um, and helping friends in need, really any loved ones when helping them when they're in need financially. And if you are in a position to be doing so, what is the best way to go about doing it? Um, it seems like a really good time to talk about this topic, given everything that's going on. Um, 22 million people are unemployed. I think I read something like that now, um, which is crazy. And um, I hope that that's short term, right? We hope that everything goes back to normal. We hope that uh, the government says that they're what they're going to do is what they're actually going to do, that we're going to get some sort of testing program in place. Um, it seemed like in March that that was actually going to happen. And now I am like really losing hope on that, um, especially because there was news that um, the governor of California just like wired $500 million to China for masks and like probably basically donated that to the Chinese Communist Party and is never going to get any masks back. Um, and... I'm just like wondering why we can't just kind of let the free market do its job here. I mean, right? Like the whole reason why the governor of California is wiring money over to China is because like we can't produce masks here. And I keep thinking to myself, why can't we just produce masks here? Um, and it's because nobody wants to be accused of price gouging right now and the government's not really allowing it. But like, let's say the government did allow people to charge $20 a mask, right? Don't you think a lot of people would be going out there making masks and this problem would go away in a few weeks? Um, it's just kind of one of those things where you have to think to yourself, the same thing with the testing. It's like, okay, if there weren't so many, you know, hoops to jump through and hurdles to jump over and red tape to cut, then we would have the testing programs and things that we needed in place um, that they keep saying that we're going to get. And yet nobody can seem to get testing, even people who have been affected. Um, a perfect example of this is my sister um, lives out in Seattle and there was literally a case of coronavirus in my niece's class. Um, so everybody in that class, like right from contact testing should have been tested um, and they couldn't get tests. <laughs> It's like, what were we even doing here? Um, I, I just, I don't really even know anymore. So anyways, um, I don't want to talk about that too much. What I do want to talk about though, is how you can help your family in need, um, or your friends in need if they, you know, they really need financial help. Um, and 
The first thing that I would say is the best thing to do when you are giving people financial help is to start with start with the results that you want to have by doing that. So um, just an example, right? If your parents, let's say, I don't know, they can't they can't go work anymore for whatever reason, and they're on the cusp of of retirement, um, and this is actually derailing their retirement plan um, by because they're going to be like dipping into savings, they're going to be doing it at the worst possible time when the market is down and everything else, right? I hear you. Like it's a it's actually it's a it's a great example of this, and the result that you want to have is that once we come out of this, that they're able to actually retire, right? And you love your parents, and you want to make sure that they're okay. How do you do that? Um, and assuming that you're in a situation right now where you have cash coming in, right, that you're still working, you're working from home, that everything is as, as it was supposed to be for you and your family and everything else, that you can actually take a look at your budget and decide how much money you want to give um, and, and what would be useful for your family members um, and what kind of relationship you want to have with them as a result of giving. So there are a couple ways to give, right? The first way to give would be you just give them the money, <laughs> Um, and, uh, that's actually my preferred way of giving. I think that if you're going to give, like, just give, I mean, I, like, I see this with, with, um, family members sometimes in my practice where, um, a parent will loan a child, will loan a child money, um, and the child has to pay it back or, or whatever. And, um, there's usually a couple of things going on. The first thing is that the parent sometimes doesn't know what they want to invest in. So this is like an easy way for them to make some sort of, you know, cash flow on, on their cash sitting around. Um, and then the other thing being that they want to, they like kind of want to control the situation. Um, they don't want to just give a gift to their, to their kid. Um, they want to, you know, make a lesson out of it. So that's kind of what I mean by results. When I say, you know, what kind of result do you want to see from this? Did you do you want to make this a teaching moment in your family member or loved one's life? Um, did you just want to give the money, um, or um, is it not really a teachable moment because of everything that's going on? I mean, I don't really know. I, I I don't know you, and I don't know the specific situation. But that would really be what was going on in my head. If I were loaning to a family member, I would want to decide whether or not. I was just going to give for giving sake, or if I was going to try to make it some sort of teachable moment. And um, the way to make it really a teachable moment would be either to, to make it be a loan would be a one way um, to give a non-cash gift of sorts. So like, let's say you want to make sure that they're only buying groceries with the money that you're giving them. You go buy them a bunch of gift cards from the local grocery store or whatever. Um, that would be a way to give a non, you know, non-cash gift where you're still helping out. Um, those I like for family members who are really irresponsible, <laughs> um, but really are, you're still somebody that you love quite a bit and that you want to make sure that you're able to help. So um, it's another way to just give and and feel like they're going to be able to do whatever it is that you wanted them to do with that money um, because they kind of have no choice, right? They have to go buy groceries if that's the only kind of gift card that you bought them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just... Um, I don't have that much more to add there other than like, if you do want this to be a teachable moment, you have to kind of ask yourself why you want it to be a teachable moment and what it will do for you. Because most people don't like it when that you force advice onto them. <laughs> If you know what I mean, right? So um, I don't know. And like you kind of have to imagine, right? Like I imagine your family members, um, they probably do things really well 
and maybe they don't do finances very well, but they do other things really well. And maybe you do finance as well, but you don't do other things that they do well, well. So, you know, when you come into their house and you start judging them about their finances, right, they can probably do the same thing, right? Like maybe you're a slob and they come to your house and they, you know, how do you like it when somebody comes over to your house and you haven't really picked up and they're like, picking stuff up for you and cleaning up after you and telling you what a slob you are, right? That's basically the equivalent. And people who are really good at their finances think like, oh, well, I'm going to help this person and I'm going to make their life better. But really what you're doing is you're like getting in their face and you're making it really annoying and they're not going to listen to you. So it's something like, I guess I'm going to reference Jocko here and I haven't done that in a while, but um, Jocko Willink always talks about this where you got to flank right? You can't attack a, a, a defended position head on. It doesn't work. You got to like, you know, find a flank, turn the flank, and then, you know, then you'll turn your enemy. It's the same thing. <laughs> so if you're going to like try to preach some financial advice to your family member while you're giving them this gift during literally, you know, one of the hardest times probably that they've experienced in the last, you know, decade or so since maybe the global financial crisis, um, Maybe you want to pick how you do that. Maybe you don't want to tell them, you know, what a mess they are with their finances and how, you know, you would have kept more than two months of cash on hand or whatever it is, right? Um, most people don't keep more than two months cash on hand. Um, so if you're one of those people who are, you're actually kind of the exception. Um, and I think it's great that you're doing that, but also you have to ask yourself why you're doing that too. Maybe that's a, it's a bias of your own that's actually hurting you. Maybe you are keeping too much cash on hand, in which case you're, you know, risking inflation, essentially eating your money away. And we've talked about this a lot about the idea that everybody wants to be a dragon that's hoarding a bunch of gold because it feels better than like, you know, earning, working really hard to earn a bunch of money that you then literally see evaporate before your eyes as you're, you know, taking it from your savings account and you're depositing it into your brokerage account and you're buying a bunch of stuff. And then it's like, you know, you log in the next week to do it again and it's gone. Um, I know how that feels, right? I do that too. Um, but the difference is, is that like, I'm kind of immune to it at this point. It's like exposure therapy. You know, you, <laughs> you look at this stuff enough and you start, you really stop caring about like what the value looks like after a while, because like if your goal is so long-term, you don't really even notice the day-to-day -day fluctuations. Um, and it's kind of like that in really all aspects of things. So there are aspects of your personal finance that are, they're kind of like your lawn, right? Where you have to, you have to do it all the time. So for instance, like, I mean, I've been using the lawn as the example because my husband's been doing so much stuff to our lawn. Like he does something every single day for our lawn to make our, our, the exterior of our house look really nice. Um, and I was actually telling my um, my employee about this. Like, if it were up to me, like literally, our house would be one of those. <laughs> our house would be one of those houses that you walk by and that you're like, oh god, those people like they they let their house just go to crap um, because like I just I just don't have the patience for that kind of stuff. <laughs> but your finances are kind of like that. Like there are certain things that maybe you don't have to do it every single day, but like you probably mow your lawn once a week or something like that. And if you don't, right, like you know, or you're not picking your weeds once a week, right? All of a sudden you come back after a month and your entire garden is filled with weeds. Like your finances are kind of like that. If you're not like, you know, watching how you're spending and, you know, kind of like having a philosophy about how you take care of your finances that, and you don't really kind of mow that lawn every single week or whatever you need to do to keep your finances in check, then it's kind of going to get out of control. And then you're going to have a crisis moment where you're like literally picking weeds for, you know, five days straight to get your finances back in order. Sometimes I, I actually, I feel like I get in this situation where like, I don't really like doing the books in my business. I, I find it could be kind of annoying and this is probably... <laughs> 
really a pain point that I'm going to outsource at some point. Um, it's, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I work in finance. So like, how can I not do my own books? And most of it's like even rules within QuickBooks. So, um, <laughs> but like at the end of a quarter, I go in there and I do everything for the quarter, but like I've let it go for three months. So it's kind of annoying, right? If I would just probably, if I would just check QuickBooks maybe every other week, it wouldn't take me, you know, an hour or two to get through it at the end of the quarter. It'd probably only take me like, you know, five minutes a week or whatever. Um, and I imagine I would save time. So I think I got like way off topic here, but to get back to like giving money to family members, right? Like I think though, if you're trying to explain to them like that, you know, their finances are kind of like their lawn and they need to be doing it every single week while they're literally going through a crisis. I don't know necessarily if you're going to be heard. I think it's one of those things where if you want to help your family members out, maybe you just give them the gift and then you wait for the teachable moment later. Um, just throwing that out there. Um, some other things to keep in mind are your own budget. So classic example that people always use with this is like, you got to put your oxygen mask on before you put your kid's oxygen mask on, right? Because if you're passed out, then it's not going to do any good for your kid. Um, it's the same thing here, right? You give your family members too much and then you are in some sort of economic crisis, right? You're not actually going to be able to help anybody. They're now going to have to help you too. So I would say like from that perspective, you need to have a budget around this, which means that you need to have a budget anyways, right? So you need to know how much money you have coming in and how much money you have going out and how much money that you can actually allocate to help your family members. Um, and maybe it's one of those things where you feel like it's worth dipping into savings over. Um, and, and that's totally fine, but that's something that you really need to crunch the math over. You can't just be like, well, family members need 20 grand. I'm just going to take 20 grand out. I'm not going to think about it. Um, I would say that that's one of those things where when you look down the line, it might be those weeds that you need to pick in your garden later. So, um, just use your discretion and definitely create a budget for that giving. Um, I found, I mean, outside of crisis times that when, clients in general have a budget for giving, they feel really good about it. Um, and the reason why is because they, they know how much they can give and then they don't feel like financially burdened by it. And they don't feel like people are clawing at their money because they're like, well, I know that I set aside a thousand dollars this year to give. Right. Um, and maybe because this is a crisis, right? You're probably thinking about setting aside more than a thousand dollars for family members or loved ones. Um, but just just like from a budgeting perspective, wouldn't it feel really good to know that every dollar you were giving was something you could actually give and that wouldn't materially affect your own finances? Um, so I think from that perspective, it makes a ton of sense to create an actual budget for giving. Um, and if you're gonna go down that loan route, obviously that's a different story. But the thing about the loan route, and I really kind of want to hammer this home, is like if you're going to give somebody a loan, you're going to be invested in them paying it back. And if you're invested in paying it back, you're going to eyeball every little thing that they do, right? So I don't know, you like give a family member a bunch of money because they lost their job, right? And you tell them that's a loan. And then when all this is over and they go and get a job again and they haven't really paid you back yet, but you guys go out to dinner and you see your family member like, you know, ordering an appetizer and getting a bunch of drinks and ordering an entree and then they're getting dessert, right? Now you're like, what the heck, man? I just loaned you 20 grand during tough times and now you're plopping down $200 a dinner, right? You're going to feel like crap. <laughs> That's kind of the thing about the loan. You're going to eyeball every little decision they make, right? They hire like somebody to come clean their house and you're going to be like, well, if you had just cleaned your house yourself, then you would have been able to pay me back because, you know, you're, you're thinking about your money as a priority and they're not thinking of it that way because, you gave them this, you know, nondescript loan without a contract probably. So 
I think if you're going to go down the formal route of loaning family members money, you actually do need to go down the contract route too of how they're going to pay you back. Because I think the more that you have terms in place, the more likely you'll just be able to let go and feel good about what you've done because you know you're getting, let's say, I don't know, $100 a month until they pay it back or whatever. Um, so that that's kind of, that's another thing about the loans. Um, I would also say you need firm guidelines though in general about what you're going to say yes about and what you're going to say no about. So um, this kind of gets back to the first thing that we said, which is what kind of result do you want, right? Like, do you want your family member to walk all over you because you don't have any boundaries and you just want to help them because you love them. But meanwhile, you're going to feel resentful about it, right? I don't think anyone wants that result when they're helping out family members who are in need. But I have seen gifts go in that direction. So you need to have guidelines. <laughs> I don't know what those guidelines are, right? Because I don't know you. I don't know your family members. But I would say it really helps to have guidelines about what you are willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Um, and you have to make those things clear and you need to make them clear in a way that comes off as loving and caring and everything else that you want to be, because you're doing this to help your family member that you love. So it always comes back to that, like comes back to a place of feeling love and wanting to give and wanting to be generous and wanting to help, but also knowing that you need to protect yourself. Um, and you need to kind of put in place all of those things that are important to you, that will help you feel protected and won't lead you down this path of resentment of feeling like, why the hell did I give the, my family member that money when I could have done literally fill in the blank anything, right? <laughs> anything else. So, um, yeah. And then I think the last thing I kind of wanted to throw in here, which we have talked about a little bit on this podcast, I think in the kids episode, which I think was 22, but I'm honestly not sure anymore. Um, <laughs> sorry. And so, um, it's talking to your kids about money when they're young. So um, we don't we haven't done this yet because my son's my son's two and he doesn't know anything. But he does know that we go to the store for groceries. Um, and he does know that we have to buy things. Um, and he actually has recently said things to me like this honestly really gets me. So you know how like in kids books, they literally put pictures of other freaking kids books that your kid will potentially want to read on the back of the book. So when you're done reading that book, what does your kid do? They freaking point to the thing in the book at the, the other book that they want to read. And he goes, mama buy it is what he said to me the other day. Mama buy it. And I was like, ah. I was like, <laughs> totally outraged. How could my two-year-old son ask me to go buy something? Are you kidding me? Um, that was like my, my internal thought. And then my external thought was like, well, um, I, I literally just, I didn't know what to say in the moment. So when I don't know what to say, my, my, um, what I do say is I just repeat back what, what he said to me. So I said, oh, you want me to buy that book? And I waited <laughs> until I could think of something else to say. And he goes, yeah, mama, buy it. And I'm like, literally like I'm going to like kill this kid because I don't want to buy this book. Um, and we don't have the book. And I, he seems like he's, you know, a, maybe going to go have a temper tantrum about it. Um, but instead, I actually was able to use it as a teaching moment where I said, look, like, that we don't have that book um, and I'm not going to go buy it. And sometimes, you know, we don't, we, we can't just buy things just because we see it is basically what I said to him. Um, and maybe there was a better thing that I could have said in that moment, but he has asked me for other things like that. Like he's looked on like the side of his puzzle and he saw that there were like six other puzzles that he could buy. Um, and he was like, mama buy fish puzzle, you know, like things like that. And it's like, if I literally caved every time my kids saw some sort of advertisement on the side of one of his toys, like our house would be exploding. Um, it would be like that meme that went around with that like little girl who found her parents credit card and ordered like $600 worth of toys off Amazon. <laughs> it would be like that here. Um, and 
I don't think that that's in anybody's best interest. It's certainly not in my son's best interest. It's not in our family finances' best interest. So while it is too young to be talking to my son about money, it's not too young to set values. Um, and it's, and it's depending on your kids' ages, it might, it might not be too young for you to start talking to them about money. Um, you can really start doing it as early as age four, um, when they can start, you know, really having full conversations with you and you know, nothing crazy. You don't need to like, you know, you don't need to recite them like, you know, man economy and state by Murray Rothbard or anything here. Like you, you just, you just have to tell them basic things like money, you know, we work for money and we have to pay for things. Um, and you know, start having these conversations, conversations with them young, because anything that you can do when they're younger, right. It's, it's kind of one of these things that we've been talking about, right. You have money scripts going on in your head right now because of stuff that your parents and family members and everybody else has said to you when you were like the age of four too. And it's literally, it's imprinted in your brain. Um, and there's nothing you could do about it. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's not true. Actually, there's a lot you can do about it. But like, you've been walking around with these money scripts in your head and you've been like acting on them. Like they're like, you know, wholehearted truths here. Or meanwhile, they were just like your dad's opinion about something. Um, so why not you're the dad? Why not you imprint something on your child's brain that is actually useful and helpful about money? Um, and I, I wanted to bring this up in this episode because we're talking about, you know, family and and how we can help family. And this is a great way to help family. Um, and especially even like, let's say you have, I don't know, um, nieces or nephews or cousins or I don't know, any family member that is, you know, they just recently graduated college and they're, you know, they don't know what they're doing because they don't get taught any of this stuff in college. Um, and maybe they don't even have a job, right? It's a great time for you to have a conversation with somebody like that. Um, and, imp and imprint something on their young brains. I mean, your prefrontal cortex isn't fully formed until you're 25. So, it's a great time to talk to somebody between the age of 22 and 25 about this stuff, right? <laughs> Maybe get some new money scripts in there too, right? I mean, I, I just think that like, oh, it always comes back to what results you want. It always comes back to the relationship that you want to have with your family members um, and how you want to operate within the confines of what you can do with your family members. Um, it always comes back to that as well. But I mean, use this time, right? If it's a crisis and people are asking things of you, like maybe there's a way for you to help um, maybe financially, but maybe also non-financially. Maybe you have a lot of words of wisdom. Maybe you can tell them about Money Owners Podcast and they'll get their shit sorted out. Um, all right. Well, that's kind of all I have for this week's episode of Money Owners Podcast. Um, please bear with me. We are doing our best. We have no childcare. Um, I am working like I've been working a lot. Um, yeah, I'm working like afternoons. I'm working evenings. I'm still trying to get like my workouts in because otherwise I'm an, not a nice person. Um, <laughs> and I'm writing my book still. So uh, hopefully that'll be all done um, at some point. And maybe I'll be able to actually get out and market it at some point in this lifetime. Um, another gift you can give your family members. But yeah, I, I wanted to leave you with one final note about this really in all seriousness is like, what is the feeling you want to have when you help your family member? I think it always really should come back to that. What's the feeling you want to have? What is the, that result that you want to get from this? Um, and if you really, truly love your family members, I bet that feeling is falls somewhere in the love category and in the, the generous feeling category um, and all that other stuff. It can come at some point. It'll come later. It'll come naturally. Um, but if you can find it in your heart to just be generous, I think all of the other things will fall into place the way that you want it to. 
And I hope that you are staying safe. I hope that you and your family are very healthy and can are doing everything you can to take care of yourself um, during really one of the hardest times that I think people have had in a while, um, which might be saying something about our society, but um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Anyways, I, from the bottom of my heart and my family's heart, we all hope that you can take just the best possible care of yourself during this trying time. Um, if you like the show, tell a friend, leave a review, and um, send me in your questions because we're going to have a Q&A show coming up sometime soon. Okay, thanks. Bye.